ain't no debate, it's he hard is heavily weighted with the latest and greatest on a weekly basis of breakdown analysis and sports entertainment. Hottest takes in the biz, man, I swear that show flaming. Woo! Unapologetic, he isn't compromised. Speaking from the heart like his last name with such pride. You can fact check him, he ain't telling lies. The revolution right here, it isn't televised. He going beast mode, nothing like the mother shows. And he raising the bar, but he don't need a spot, bro. He's unfiltered, no hoes barred. You wanna play in this game, you gotta go hard. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Sports World with T Hart. Man, it's been a crazy NFL playoff so far. We're gonna try to do a deep dive into all that today. Uh, I waited a week, you know, to kind of let things settle and see where it shakes out for the championship games and then ultimately the Super Bowl. Well, wow. Where do I begin? I mean, what we'll do is go, um, you know, pretty much game by game if if possible and try to make sense of everything. One thing that I do know, what everybody else knows, and this is no surprise to anybody out there listening, if you don't have a quarterback, you ain't got nothing. Just remember that if you don't have a quarterback, you ain't got nothing. And so having said all that, uh, man, I, it's so easy to start with the Cowboys and I hate to do that. Let's just go, you know, back a week and look how good, uh, the Cowboys looked, how efficient, how great Dak looked, but let's not forget that that was the NFC South. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers record was eight and nine and somebody had to win. And out of the South, it would have been the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the, who am I missing? Saints, Buccaneers, NFC, and Atlanta Falcons. So out of those four, one of them had to go to the playoffs and had to have a home field advantage. And I mean, a home, home, the first round. Uh, And Tampa Bay barely got in by beating Carolina, like on the last game of the season or something like that, when Mike Evans went off. But the problem with that is Mike Evans, they were playing like a soft zone and Mike Evans was destroying it. Um, But Dallas got a top five defense and it showed they, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Right. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, Philadelphia had to buy last week. But the Giants and the Vikings, and the Vikings look suspect all year anyway. Everybody never believed in the Vikings, and the Giants showed why. They kind of dismantled them with their running attack. So let's just shoot up and transfer, uh, fast forward to this week. Let's just do that. That seems to be more fun anyway. All right, the games that we had this weekend, you had Philadelphia against the Giants for the third time. You had Dallas against San Francisco. You had Buffalo against Cincinnati, and you had Kansas City against Jacksonville. Uh, the easy game, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is on the come up. They look good. They do have a quarterback, Joe, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Excuse me, Joey Lawrence from the TV show. Trevor Lawrence is a stud. He is an absolute stud, no doubt about it. Um, the moment was too big for him, I think. Uh, I don't think they got the memo that you need to hold Travis Kelsey. He was killing him over the middle. He had like 14 catches for almost 100 yards, red zone touches. 
if you get in the red zone, if you don't double Travis Kelsey, then you're going to get uh, obliterated. And that's pretty much what happened to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, even though, even with the high ankle sprain that Mahomes suffered, um, you can't not cover, or he's so in tune, I'll say that, with the Kansas City offense and everybody's being where they're supposed to be. He knows where they're supposed to be. He identifies it quickly, and he hits them. I mean, it's just straight up. And, and Jacksonville just wasn't ready. I mean, big moments. That fumble by Agnew when they had a chance to cut the lead to three, that was huge. And when that happened, you pretty much knew the game was over. You you tried to hold out hope, but it, it, it just it wasn't going to happen. And everybody knows I'm a, a Chiefs hater. I mean, I hate the Chiefs. I mean, that's the only thing other than making my special Super Bowl season for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl is to watch the Chiefs lose and get out of the playoffs. So, that I mean, I need that to happen, and, and it's coming. Trust me. Um, the next game, man, that Phillies and Giants game. Oh my God. They rushed for 253 yards in three touchdowns. Uh, I think they had 135 yards in the first half. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe that Philly and the Giants, which are division rivals, you know, they play twice a year. Philly has swept the season series. So, you're thinking, surely they can't beat them three times in a row. The odds are stacked against them. But, man, I mean, at some point, we got to believe in Jalen Hurts. At some point, Daniel Jones is going to turn back to Clark Kent So at some point. You know, you are what you are. Kind of like cousins, Kirk Cousins do, get you all these stats. But at some point, he's going to take his cape off, put his nerdy glasses on, and be Clark Kent. And that's what Daniel Jones got relegated to against the Eagles. And as bright as the coach has been for the Giants this year, Brian Dable, who's done an outstanding job, can't take nothing away from him. Uh, going forward in your own territory in the first half, it's it comes off as desperate. You know, when you keep texting your girl and it keeps being on delivered and is, is never really read, but you keep texting, did you get my message? Did you see my message? Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> That's what it comes off as in the fourth quarter. I mean, excuse me, in the first half, you're going for it on fourth down. I think it was like fourth and five or fourth and eight, you know, and it really comes off as desperate. It shows that you don't have any belief in your defensive scheme that you can stop them. So I don't know. That, I think that was a questionable call. But, I mean, to get blown out like that by your division rivals, you know, you're a New York person new york fan you aggravated agitated anyway and to let philly just just oh just obliterate you and humiliate you and they run around they got the it's a philly thing t-shirts they, they just basically dropped their nuts on them that's basically what happened they just dropped them i mean you can't can't argue that it, it was unbelievable uh the next game man buffalo and cincinnati Wow. Now, I told you guys in a previous episode that Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're going. I'm telling you now, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the National Football League. If you didn't know, you heard it here first. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals is the best 
quarterback in the NFL. Take that to the bank. Anybody got questions about that, definitely hit me up because I'm telling you right now, that dude is something. I mean, of course, all the nicknames, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool, Joe Breezy, you know, Louisiana Joe, uh, Get the Gat Joe. All these nicknames that got of him, hey, the dude is is something about him. I don't know what it is, but Joe Burrow got it. And he or the team pretty much demolished the Buffalo Bills. Everybody knew Buffalo Bills running game was suspect. Singletary had done much. James Cook, he's a rookie, but he just getting his chops. But they their run game is very suspect. When Josh Allen uh, it has the most yards rushing for your team, which is the quarterback, that's great. The problem with Josh Allen, he's all talent and no precision. He's not too. He's not that accurate. He uh he the he relies on athleticism. And I'll tell you who he reminds me of: Cam Newton. And when I talk to people, this is what I tell them all the time. You think Cam Newton is in his late 30s. He was just in the league six or seven years, and he's only 31 when he got released by the Patriots. 31. But he can't physically take that abuse. And that's what's happening to Josh Allen, or it's going to happen, even though I hate to say that. The style of play he's playing, he won't be able to sustain those high-level hits. And at some point, it's going to it's gonna get harder. As you have birthdays, trust me, as you have birthdays, you're out there, young people, and get older, it gets harder to get up in the morning. And so just imagine taking the amount of punishment, your body getting hit and bruised and banged up in the NFL, you get double. It happens quicker. And that's why the average expectancy in the NFL is four years, is that style of play that Josh Allen is playing is just not sustainable. The style of play that Joe Burrow is playing is very sustainable. He only runs when he have to, and he tries to slide. Um, I don't know if it comes down to coaching. As a, as an avid fan, is what we're looking at. As I'm talking to you guys, just on the outside looking in, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. But what Zach Taylor, the quote, the coach for Cincinnati has created up there. And, you know, not, I'm not, not to not give Jamar Chase, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst credit because he got some good receivers. He don't have great receivers. Jamar Chase is great or going to be great. But the rest of them are this. I mean, T Higgins is six, five. So you can kind of throw it up. Taylor Boyd is like six, three, six, four. And Jamar Chase is just this freak of nature that can catch pretty much anything, and he got uh, speed. And he got, he's just a total package. He got he's like good at everything. And him and Joe got the connection that goes all the way back that that championship team championship team at LSU in 2019. So whatever system they got, and people, and they discarded them, discredited them. They went to the Super Bowl last year, and if you didn't notice. They have beat the Chiefs three times in a row, two of them at Kansas City Stadium. So they go in there this weekend coming up with all the confidence in the world, all the confidence in the world. So that's the game I'm telling you to keep an eye on, Kansas City and Cincinnati. But go back to Josh Allen. 
when you see them, when you're under fire, when you see, I can't describe it. When you when they're playing lesser teams, him and Stefan Diggs looks great, right? But when they playing teams, they got a good defensive scheme and got some athletes. Like Cincinnati don't have world beaters, but that Jesse Bates the third that set that safety for Cincinnati is very smart. And being that Josh Allen is not accurate, you can kind of run a zone. Uh, against Buffalo Bills because he's not pinpoint accurate. You couldn't run the zone against Tom Brady. He'll pick you apart. And I'm telling saying Tom Brady, I know he's the GOAT, but I'm saying that's that's kind of like what Pittsburgh does all, done all these years against Brady. You know, Pittsburgh never runs being the man. They always run zone. And they never beat New England because Tom Brady going to eat a zone alive because he's deadly accurate. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen. And that's where Joe Burrow is creeping into. But that's not Josh Allen. And the thing about accuracy in quarterbacks, that that rarely ever comes. If you don't have it, you don't get it. You can't train on accuracy. You can train on getting the ball out at a, a quicker pace. You can train on trying to make over-the-shoulder throws, uh, back shoulder, uh, dropping it in a bucket. You can try that, but you usually don't get accurate as you get older. And so that's the big flaw on Josh Allen. And I don't know if you guys know this. He looks like a world beater. He has taken great coaching from his coaching staff. But really and truly, Josh Allen only had one Division One offer coming out of high school, and he ended up going to University of Wyoming. People don't know that, or, or the average fan don't know that. He's a California kid. He didn't get offers from UCLA, USC, not Cal Berkeley. I mean, I could go. I don't want to say Alabama, that's top of the food chain, but my point is he wasn't that five star recruit coming out of high school. And at some point, the talent got to be there. Yes, he's 6'5. Yes, he runs the ball. But this is the NFL. And eventually, if you're not film proof, it's going to catch up to you. And I just don't think Josh Allen is film proof. I think he's a good regular season quarterback. I just don't think he's a a postseason quarterback. And yes, he had that good game against Kansas city last year in the playoffs. And yes, they changed the overtime rule. Cause they thought that if, if he would have had a chance, but don't forget Kansas city defense is suspect. Anyway, everybody knew their back end. There's their safeties and the corners are suspect. They were highly susceptible to double moves and things like that. So yes, it's likely he would have, he could have scored, but he didn't. And that's the whole point. He didn't. Um, then the uh, the biggest game of the decade, <laughs> the Cowboys and 49ers. Now, what's unique about this to me, I didn't realize that it goes back to 1971 that these two teams have met each other the most times in the playoffs than any other team. They, they've met nine times to see who goes to the Super Bowl. Both franchises got uh, five Super Bowl rings overall as a franchise. And I I didn't realize how deep the hatred is. Excuse me. Uh, I know Cowboy fans are annoying. I think 49ers fans are just as equally annoying. I get so tired of hearing bang, bang, Niner gang. It's crazy. When you see the how about them Cowboys or we them boys, bang, bang, Niner gang and all that bullshit. I get so tired of hearing it. But. That was a good that was a good game. And it was good on the expect of they were evenly matched. People people thought that the 49ers, including myself, was gonna 
uh, bludgeoned the Cowboys by running the ball, but really in that first half, they contained them. They really contained the run. Cowboys defense really, really, really played well. I really have to admit that. Um, Dak Prescott, man, he reminds me of Josh Allen. And like I just told you about D1 offers, offers to Josh Allen, people forget Dak Prescott was a fourth-round quarterback. So fourth round as a quarterback, you don't have really any expectations. You really don't play above the X's and O's. You're just a good, solid guy that can run a system. But the minute, the minute that that he gave him that uh, his contract, where he gets $40 million a year, I forgot the length of it and things like that, the expectations change, and you're paying for a guy that's supposed to carry over the hump. You know, you're supposed to win because of Dak, not in spite of Dak. And the the what's weird is they look good when they had Cooper Rush playing because he played in the system. You know, Dak, he's, he wants to be this, or, and everybody should, he wants to be this superstar quarterback, and, and he's, he does have a star on his head, and he gets a lot of fame and press, and he says the right things. What I get when I what I listen to and what I hear and what I see when I hear Dak Prescott, I see Russell Wilson. And coming from the pain of a Denver Broncos fan, Dak sounds like Russell Wilson at the press conference. Oh, it's all on me. I, I got to do better. At some point, Cowboy fans, you got to be tired of hearing that shit. I get tired of hearing. Uh, I, I have to be. You know, the team did well. They rallied around me. I have to be better in certain situations. I have to understand the clock management. I have to do this and do that. Blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up, dude. How about you go out there and win a game and quit telling me what you should be and how you're going to be. And he sounds great. He got the respect of the media and he does all these things. Awesome. How about you win a freaking game? It's just, that's the one thing that annoys the hell out of me from Dak Prescott because it annoys the hell out of me from Russell Wilson. God damn it, get up there and cry at the press conference. Man, I suck. Damn. Get your check back. How about that? You know, hey, uh, Mr. Jerry Jones, don't pay me this week because I suck. Those two interceptions he threw were ridiculous. The the first one could have been miscommunication with the route um, on when he threw it. Uh, he threw it more toward the sideline. The receiver kind of went straight up. So, I don't know, but the cornerback read it and ran the route for the receiver where he's supposed to be. I don't know who thought that was. The second one, he didn't see Jimmy Ward in the tap. It was in a uh, cover two zone. He let the one receiver that's supposed to clear out that corner, which was Jimmy Ward, pass, and he stayed in that zone. And Dak blindly threw it to the zone and didn't even see Jimmy Ward sitting there. And it hit Jimmy Ward in the hands, and it ricocheted to Fred Warner. But it, it's just, I don't know. You, when you see good quarterbacks and then you see subpar, it, it just it just stands out, man. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is young. He wasn't ready. You could see it against Mahomes where he – the big third down plays, and I don't know why Jacksonville didn't cover Kelsey. I don't understand that. Um, just like the Cowboys wasn't covering Greg Kittle. Greg Kittle only had five catches for 95 yards. But how many of those catches were third down and eight, third down and nine, and you see him running across the middle, and you see Cedric Wilson, number six, playing outside leverage and letting him run inside on the post? 
I mean, that's what they do. That's that's what Brock Purdy, that's what's comfortable for him, throwing in between the numbers. I don't know why he wasn't forcing him to the sideline. That way the pass got to be a lot more accurate, and you can use the sideline as your friend. So he should have shaded him to the inside, forced the route outside, which is a much tougher throw for a quarterback. But I don't know. That's coaching. I'm just on the sideline looking in. I don't know. I'm just security. I don't know nothing about football. But it's all crazy, man. But coming up this weekend, we're going to move on, man. we got to move on. And coming up this weekend are the uh, some good games. Uh, Cincinnati is going to Kansas City. And you got San Francisco and Philly. Man, that San Francisco-Philly game is interesting because they both like to run the ball. Uh, Philly runs more of a run option. And I – Man, but that San Francisco defense, like, they got 12, 13 people out there. I didn't see hardly any open people for the Cowboys yesterday. So, to me, I want to say I'm going to pick Philly because they got the one extra weapon, and that's Jalen Hurts running the ball. So, that's an extra person that has to be accountable for that because Jalen Hurts can run, and he is accurate, actually. Um, so you got to be careful because you got AJ Brown running a possession route, and you got Devontae Smith that can take it off, take the top off. So that little uh, baby Troy Palomalu for the Forty Niners, Tua Funga, he can't just run around, uh, run wild and free like he could against the Cowboys, because the line is better at Philly. So that man, this is probably. I'm glad we got the best two teams in the, in the Final Four. We didn't have no big major upsets. Uh, so we got the best teams. So uh, I'm going to pick Philly, but that's a tentative pick. But I'm picking Philly. I will pick them. Um, the next team I'm picking, that man, Kansas City and Cincinnati game, that's going to be something. Um, but I'm picking Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to Super Bowl. I told you all that. Uh, Joe Burrow got it. You can't tell me no different. Joe Burrow is the man. Yes, I am a pseudo Cincinnati Bingo fan, pseudo uh, Joe Burrow fan. My team is the Broncos, but just as, for the sake of having to keep watching football, I'm pulling for Cincinnati, and you can take that to the bank. Matter of fact, if it Cincinnati's going to win the whole enchilada, they win in the whole tournament. Super Bowl champions this year going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, their first championship for the city. You heard it here first. All right, I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, uh, which now that I've told you my little diatribe for about 20 minutes, you're going to un- un- unveil my top five quarterbacks. But it's pretty simple. I think you guys know who number one is. All right, I'll holler at you later. Peace. All right, yo, yo, welcome back. All right, this segment, guys, I'm going to get into, uh, this is based not on stats, not on yards not on interceptions fumbles carries things like that this is based off the most important test known to man the eye test what do your eyes tell you what are your peepers seeing this is what my eyes are telling me my peepers and i'm gonna give you my five best quarterbacks in nfl right now not in the playoffs but best quarterbacks and this is almost it's it's crazy because this always caused a lot of debate and argument when people say the red Mount Rushmore of this, Mount Rushmore of that. So I'm giving you my five out of 32 teams. I think these five guys 
have set themselves apart. Um, my number five rated quarterback in the NFL is Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, yes, does he have the the statue and the rocket arm, and the amazing hair, and all that kind of stuff? Um, I just think he's in a tough, bad situation, but he actually hands down got the goods to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He got the goods, but it's something missing either between the ears or a dumbass coach for the chargers, Brandon Staley, one of the, one of the two, but he's six, six racket arm. He's, he make incredible throws. He can run, he can run the ball. Um, Every year his team get plagued by injuries, and but it's a 53-man roster. We can't make excuses for him. So he's my number five quarterback, Justin Herbert, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Number four, based off the system he's in and what I've seen, Jalen Hurts. He has made a tremendous leap forward in regards to how he conducts that offense. It's, it's like a run-pass option, but he's really – it really – incorporates the pass port of that game, the run pass option, because he can throw the ball. And you, when you and they did go out and give him some weapons, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. I mean, they got some viable weapons on the outside that can break route and be open, and he can hit an open man. So the way he run that run pass option, the way he's protected, even though he got he got hurt and they fell on his shoulder, and, and that's what we talk about with these running quarterbacks, I still think Jalen Hurts, but and you can see what happens when he wasn't playing, and you can see what happened when he was playing. Um, and the coach made the comparison, and I like how sheepish he was. Like, man, I know this gonna start. So I'm, I ain't trying to do this. Blah blah blah. I'm comparing him to you know like Michael Jordan. He's not saying Jalen Hurts is Michael Jordan, but what he's saying is the leadership aspect of it, the way he brought the team to galvanize around him, the defense as well. So that makes him a pretty good quarterback, man. I think Justin Herbert five, uh, Jalen Hurts is four. Number three would be Josh Allen. Uh, even though I kind of crushed him in the last segment, talk about how inaccurate he was and how he don't he don't really read the defenses. Yeah, at some point, you know, being the biggest kid on the field don't matter. Just because you're 6'5", over 230 or whatever, you can run the ball and you're running over linebackers and things like that. That's motivational. But at some point, somebody's going to hit you real, really, really well. They're going to square you up. Or you got they're going to disguise coverages and expose the fact that you don't really read defenses. You just go to your first read, which is Stefan Diggs. If you take Stefan Diggs away, he struggles to get back down to his check down. Because he still want to be the biggest kid on the field and make the biggest plays, so I th- for that reason, definitely he's number he's number three. Um, so Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen number three, number two is Patrick Mahomes. Much as it pains me to say that, um, he continues to win. He continues to make plays uh, off script, off schedule. Uh, apparently he's faster than what people think because every time you look up, he's running around, scrambling, can't nobody get him to the ground. Uh, he knows exactly where everybody is on the field so he can throw it with his left hand or over his head and do all these behind the backs and all that. 
But for that, I mean, and he's what this is fifth straight AFC championship game. So you can't deny that he's good. Um, but whatever, he's the number two quarterback, the best quarterback in the entire NFL is Joe Burrow, Joe Cleasy, Joe Seisty, Joe Cool, Joe Get the Gat. That's the baddest man on the planet when it comes to throwing the ball. Uh, he can make every throw on the field. Did you see that pregame meme when he threw the ball and spun around they slow mode it? I mean, just that everything to do do is cool right now. He got it. I mean, he he got it right now. Um, he's not scared of anything. He's confident, and I don't know what happened when he transferred from Ohio State to LSU. I don't know if it was that swamp that gumbo, that etouffee, those uh, beignets, or some of them uh, Cajun black girls, they put it on him down there, boy. They turned Joe out, and he, he has changed completely. He brought all his confidence out, and this is the baddest dude on the planet. So and I'm picking him to win the Super Bowl this year. So my hero, my new number one fan, I mean, I'm the number one fan. Is Joe Shiesty. That's my dude. Joe Burrow is the number one quarterback. So here's my top five again, going from five to one. Um, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, <sighs> Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Shiesty. Joe Get the Get, Joe Cool, Joe Breezy. Brat. He's going to win it all. So that's my top five now i'm gonna give you my bottom five just for the hell of it because i don't because i'm mad at russell wilson so i gotta throw him in there because i'm a bronco fan <laughs> um the top five going five to, and this is strictly off script it's not wrote down it's off the top of my head right here i'm trying to think uh so it's gonna be a lot of hating in this top in this bottom five i ain't gonna lie to you it's gonna be some hating there too um number five I put Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee Titans. Don't forget, he was a receiver at Texas A&M a few years ago, and he got trans. He drafted as a quarterback. He trained as a quarterback because he was a quarterback in high school. But his whole year tenure at Texas A&M, he was a wide receiver, um, and it shows because I mean his reading is, is crazy, and that's why AJ Brown was happy to get out of Tennessee so he can get with a quarterback. Uh, number four. Straight Hayden, Lamar Jackson sucks. I'm like old that com comedian rubber dub trash. I've been telling y'all this dude can't throw the ball. He can't throw the damn ball in the ocean. He throw it like a shot put. He sucks. What won't come out is the re no top receiver want to go there and play with him. They can get him talent, but you don't get the numbers. You're not gonna get a contract because he's not gonna pad your stat. Yes, he can throw to Mark Andrews a tight end because it's inside the numbers. But when it comes to the deep ball. He sucks. And all that running gets your knee hurt and you miss eight games and 16 practices and the team don't want to pay you. So Lamar Jackson sucks. Trash. So I said five, Ryan Tannehill, four, Lamar Jackson. And like I said, it's more of a hating list kind of, you know, really and truly. Um, three, uh, Kirk Cousins. What the fuck does Kirk Cousins do? Kirk Chains, Kirk Thuggins, 
when they win a couple games. He's showing out, dancing, Kirk Thuggins. I like, I do like that nickname. But he just average, man. He, I mean, if if they had a quarterback that could make a difference in Minnesota, the same outcome wouldn't happen every single freaking year, man. I just get, oh my god, he drives me crazy, bro. Uh, damn, Kirk, the Kirk fucking cousins. I don't even know what to say. He gets this guaranteed money. He gets he gets numbers too. He's a stat hoarder, but he won't win you no know, games. Like I said about Dak, you can't win in spite of Dak. He don't you don't win because of Kirk Cousins. You win because of uh, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, of course. Adam Thielen getting old, but I'm just saying it. I don't know. It's just if Minnesota just want to stick with it, they're gonna get the same result every year. It's gonna be the same result. Uh, anyway, the number two worst quarterback is Kyler Murray. Oh my God, that dude is so trash. He's another one remind me of Josh Allen, where he grew up being the best player on the field, the quickest and the shiftiest and all that. But he's he not quite six foot, and that's not his fault. But at some point, it's gonna rear his ugly head. He can't see behind the lineman when the offensive lineman stand up to block. He can't see over those six five guys and all that running around like a little squirrel on the field and shit. That uh, it don't last. His last injury that hurt him, it was a no contact injury, soft tissue. So he's not gonna last. I, uh, yeah, that's hating right there. But Kyler Murray trash. He sucks. He sucks. And my number one, Russell Wilson. That dude is shot. He sucks too. Russell Wilson is horrible. Ever since he got with Sierra and she put that uh, bankhead uh, sex on him, he ain't been the same. This is a nigga from North Carolina. He he couldn't handle that. He used to the, the white girls, the uh, frilly, frilly girls. He not used to that, uh, that Sierra that did old with Ludacris. He, he ain't ready for that. See, boy, don't get me started. That's, that's, that, I'm a Bronco fan. But he sucks. He, I mean, he's seeing ghosts out there. And it looks like he never was the reason they were winning in Seattle. It was a defense. And it was Pete Carroll, offensive mind. Other than that, Russell Wilson is trash. He, uh, he throws a great deep ball. But that's it. He he don't throw over the middle. He don't get through his reads. He's too busy running and helter skelter out there. And it's coming to show. It's, it's, coming, to, it's coming to fruition now. And he's 33, so he's... He, He's probably outlived his life expectancy. So, and I'm just tired of Russell Wilson. And uh, I'm a Bronco fan, and we stuck with his ass. So, but we got Walmart money. Maybe we can get rid of him. So, let's, let's see what we can do. But my bottom five, I said, were Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson. Who else did I see? I'm told you I was going off the top of my head. Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray, Russell Wilson. And who did who else did I give? Because I could have threw I could have threw Daniel Jones in there, but I didn't. Um, oh, Lam, I'd say Lamar Jackson. Man, it's just these these kids cats are trash. So Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson. Oh, I can't stand Russell Wilson. It, it's just, I, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you ain't got nothing. Just remember that if your team is not Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, or the Broncos, you ain't got nothing, and you're not gonna win the. Uh, wait, did I say Broncos? Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. Excuse me, 
or the Cincinnati Bengals. If you ain't got one, if you if you're not a fan of one of those three teams, you're not gonna win the Super Bowl. It, it's not gonna happen. I'm just letting you know that right now. So that's my little rant about the quarterbacks. Um, we're gonna take a break and I'll wrap it up, and I might do a little basketball preview. I'll be back in a sec. Peace. All right, we're back. Um, I'm gonna do this last segment, really about uh, kind of pretty much a preview for basketball. Kind of get into the get into it a little bit. I, I hadn't broke down any stats and things like that, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a deep dive in it. So this is gonna be relatively short, but I will say. Uh, they're getting ready to start playing, and and that's my problem with basketball. The season's too long. The guys they don't really start playing before Christmas. Uh, they make it through January, and then February, like eat like uh, as I'm recording this tonight. I think it's the 25th to 24th. I don't know what today is. It's gonna be. I think Giannis is coming back, and finally Chris Middleton. So we get a chance to see the Bucks at full strength eventually. Uh, last night, as like I said, as I'm recording this. Kawhi Leonard scored 30-some points. The night before, he scored 36, so I think he played a back-to-back. He hadn't done it all year. Uh, I want We want to see what these full teams look like. Uh, right now, everything's so topsy-turvy. You know, you got play, people like Minnesota. Uh, Denver looks really good. Denver Nuggets look real good right now. But you got teams that's hovering around the Mendoza line, you know, like the Golden State Warriors. What do they look like fully healthy? I know they're saying they got a lot of flaws, but can you beat them four games? Then that's the one thing I can say I like about the NBA and Major uh, Major League Baseball. They crown a true champion where football got more of this any given Sunday feel. Uh, basket, basketball and baseball, you you find out who the real champion is because you, you got to beat somebody four times. So that's until before we knock Golden State off the pedestal, do we see a team out there? Is Golden? I mean, not Golden State. Is Memphis mature enough to beat them four times in a row? Look at Phoenix, man. We thought Phoenix was here, and look how far they've fallen off right now. I don't know if Chris Paul supposed to be messing with Kim K. I don't know what's going on with him. His hip injured right now. Devin Booker. Maybe they be falling. Maybe all of them falling victim to the Kardashian curse in Phoenix. I don't know. But my point is, look at just look at what's happening there and uh, Dallas. It's so glaring. They just all they got is Luca, and so it looks good in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they're gonna give he gonna get a different look. They just gonna be like a boxing one. Let Luca do what he do, either or reverse boxing one. Let Luca get his points and just lock down everybody else. And Luke, hopefully, Luca won't score if he score if he scores seventy by himself. Well, all you gotta do is score seventy one. But just don't let anybody else go off. So it's so easy. It's gonna be so easy to guard him. That's what my whole point is. It's gonna be so easy to play Dallas because you know what they are. They they kind of a one trick pony. Losing Jalen Brunson last year as the backup point was huge for them. That uh, it's gonna and it's gonna show his ugly head in the playoffs. I think. Um, so I've been watching from afar. You got you know Brooklyn like they coming together. Hopefully Jogvon get to keep his job. They playing for you know Kyrie Irving and Durant playing for actual Jogvon. So that's that's good to see that I, I'm liking this. I'm liking the effort, and you're not hearing a lot of noise coming out of Brooklyn other than positive basketball. Even though 
Ben Simmons still suck. He's showing you what he, he showed you what he was in Philly. People got to understand that this dude cannot shoot the basketball, and that's it. He's, he's it's, it's, it's it's pathetic, but I mean he's still putting up those stat lines where it's zero points, ten assists, ten rebounds, or two points, ten assists, ten rebounds. He's getting double doubles, but it ain't the double of points. You're not getting any points, so. They they're gonna need him to score. If not, they got the Joe Harris, his other players, Steph Curry. They gonna have to pick up the scoring to hide Ben Simmons because he's in New York, and it's gonna happen in New York in the playoffs. Excuse me, where the spotlight is gonna focus on Ben Simmons, and he's gonna have to produce. So either those other guys gonna have to step up to hide it, to use just kind of hide from um hide Ben Simmons' flaws and scoring. Or he got to be ready for the weight that's going to be put on him. So, but I mean, Joel and B still looking good, but I just think Philly just missing something. I mean, they depended on what is his name, Maxi, to be the third guy because James Harden really he's doing a decent, but he he's not scoring like he usually do. But Embiid is scoring his butt off, man. So it's interesting. You know, you got teams at the top now that probably shouldn't be there. I think around uh, where we at January, so February. I think um, the team's going to start getting set and we'll start kind of really getting a true vision of where the powers are because people like the Clippers, you're not getting a good read on them because those guys are not really playing. They don't care. They waiting on the uh, playoffs, you know. Uh, you got people like Golden State. I mean, they care, but we won't really see them. We'll see the switch flip, but we won't really see them until – February getting closer to the playoffs when they try. I got to see what an all-star game is. I'll be ready next episode with basketball, more information on that. So after the all-star break, then you're going to start seeing these teams trying to position themselves. Right now we're getting a bunch of load management. Hell, I think Sacramento may be the number three seed in the West, the Sacramento Kings. So that should tell you a lot right there. You know, the number three seed, and you got Golden State hovering at six and Dallas at seven and things like that. Uh, so it's up and down right now. Basketball is kind of confusing. It is what it is. So, but that's pretty much my wrap up for the uh, episode this week. Uh, I enjoyed it. Good. I think it was a good show. Um, we talked about the top five quarterbacks. We talked about the worst five quarterbacks. We talked about the playoffs extensively. And I can't wait to see next week to see who make it to these uh, championship rounds in each conference. And we'll we'll dive in and talk about it. Uh, well, I don't have to worry about the Cowboy fans anymore. Um, now my next thing, I got to get rid of these damn Chiefs fans now. That's my, my thorn in my side, dispatch my homes. But don't fear I'm going to say it one more time who didn't hear it. Joe Shiesty's on his way. We're going to take care of that. Uh, so enjoy your week. Uh, talk to you again. Peace. There ain't no debate, it's he hard is heavily weighted with the latest and greatest on a weekly basis of breakdown analysis and sports entertainment. Hottest takes in the biz, man, I swear that's your flaming. Woo! Unapologetic, he isn't compromised. Speaking from the heart like his last name with such pride. You can fact check him. 
he ain't telling lies The revolution right here, it isn't televised He going beast mode, nothing like the mother shows And he raising the bar, but he don't need a spot, bro He's unfiltered, no hoes barred You wanna play in this game, you gotta go hard